Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today I am an Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop register, registerer. Register-er. <laughs> so in honor of Irma Bombeck, I'm showing my mug that I got last oh, time that awesome. says, if you can't make it better, you can laugh at it. So looking forward to that in, when are we going, Missy? March. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster care advocate. And I am also an Irma registerer today. <laughs> Got that <Yay>! done. <laughs> and I'm apologizing if anybody can hear uh, drilling in the background. We're uh, getting some housework done. So if you hear some buzzing, <laughs> that is it. Periodically, <laughs> I hear like a little bang. Or, or, or thump, thump, thump. <laughs> yeah, it's not the dogs this time. Usually it's the dogs making noise. This <laughs> is, we're paying people to make this noise right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And our guest today is Linda Gardner. She's a mom and dot, dot, dot career coach and founder of Your Next Career with Linda. She has 10 plus years of progressive experience in human resources and recruitment in tech and manufacturing. She successfully pivoted her career from a recruitment agency to corporate and now as a career coach. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you both for having me. Absolutely. Oh, we're so glad you're here. Yes. We have been enjoying watching your social media videos. You do yes. such a nice job with those. <laughs> For anyone who just needs little tiny bites of coaching or inspiration on, an, on a They're day. They're so good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm flattered. Oh, highly recommend. Try to make the career coaching advice, you know, add some humor to it, but it's also adding value to my followers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, well, we just barely scratched the surface in our intro about you. So we would love to hear a little bit more about where your career started, how it's progressed and all the things along the way that have impacted, you know, decisions that you've made in those pivots. Of course. So that's a really great intro. And so as he's mentioned that over 10 years, um, I built a abundant profile of being in HR and recruiting. And it was until late last year that I took an ascendant maternity leave and was laid off from my recent employer. Obviously, at the time, I was devastated, didn't know what I wanted to do. And here I am caring for uh, two daughters. Um, and I decided this is the perfect time for me to take a leap and be able to launch my business. So I always wanted mm -hmm. to start my own and become an entrepreneur, but never had the guts or the courage to do it. Cause you think like, you know, that whenever you start something new, exactly. Then posture voice just keeps kicking back in. Ugh. So finally bite the bullet and did it. Here I am a year after into the business, successfully helping a lot of women getting unstuck in their career and help rebuilding their personal brand to leverage um, their personal brand and build successful careers out of it. So it's been so rewarding and loving it <laughs> good and how old are your daughters my youngest is two and a half and my oldest is five okay yes okay. and you're in so. canada so you got an, a nice maternity leave yes <laughs> <laughs> yes a little longer than you guys but yes very yes. nice how long <laughs> is it there um you can take up to 18 months <gasps> yes wow. so i took the full advantage 18 yes. months and it was amazing and don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, so amazing. Love it. Well, we're recording this in 
December, but by the time it releases, it's going to be the new year. And I think a lot of women are thinking about it's new year. They're looking at their careers or maybe the lack of a career at this moment and really thinking about what to do next. And so you talk a lot about alignment and purpose. Yes. How do you Huge. start aligning and finding purpose? Like what's step one to figuring that out? Well, how I basically threw out my content and when, I'm, when I have a coaching session with my clients, I have them assess the current situation they're in. So whether they're employed, but not happily employed or they're unemployed, they want to look for the next step. So reevaluating the situation they're in and essentially setting goals. So we're not thinking of, you know, you want to be, you want to be a millionaire. Okay. Everybody wants to be a millionaire, <laughs> but you want to be able to set realistic goals for yourself. And what I advise my clients is to always set many goals in between. So you celebrate every single win along the way. So then you don't feel unmotivated if, you know, one goal does not work out or you fail because as with failure, it's a learning opportunity to keep chugging away. So you want to be able to set that goal of where you want to be. It could be in a five-year span, time span. It could be in a year, however it is. And you want to be able to assess your situation and how you're going to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. So for, for some of those people that might be like Missy and I were, especially when we first started this podcast, <laughs> right. we kind of were like, we don't even know what we like. We don't really even know what we want to do. We don't even know what those goals are. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and almost to the point where like, we don't even know what to align with because we had not done the work of figuring out who we were, what our values were. So right. for someone who's kind of more in a regress state <laughs> yes. as far as like like I don't even know what I want before I okay. set the goals up against it and um, do you have clients like that or are we special cases we got oh no <laughs> hey I was at one point in my career too and it it starts with I guess to backtrack a little bit I guess finding that purpose in your career in your life mm -hmm. and you want to be able to work towards it so whether I guess in my case I'll use my case as an example I know that I always want to help women who are dealing in a career crisis or in a situation, particularly in my case, you know, being on mat leave and not knowing if I wanted to return back into my career or what, I, what the next step is. So finding, you know, digging deep and figuring out what my goals are and be able to find steps way to achieve it. So in my case, I was able to build my business and, and I'm not an expert, I, you know, being an entrepreneur here, but I was able to navigate and figure out things along the way. I met a lot of people, uh, reconnect to my mentors and thought leaders and, and those in those kind of areas and just kind of be able to learn along the way. It's a learning journey. Now, it's interesting you brought a, uh, the extended maternity leave, and I'm sure yes. probably the rules around this are different in the United States versus in Canada. But one of the things I went on my maternity leave for four months, this was 15 years mm -hmm. ago, 16 years <laughs> ago, um, I went on for four months and then my husband did three months paternity leave. And even after that, the childcare that we had put on reserve back when I was only three months pregnant, still there was no availability. And we oh, ran wow. into this issue of like, we had to make some decisions around, okay, am I going to become a stay at home mom now? And I was kind of leaning towards that anyway. The whole reason my husband went on paternity leave was to kind of give me the, well, it was to buy some time to see if space freed up, <laughs> space um, but it yeah. was also to, you know, cause I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I didn't know what it was like going back to work until yeah. I tried it. And once I tried it, I was like, 
eh, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. And I don't think it was necessarily the going back to work. I think it was the work I was going back to wasn't necessarily um, compelling enough to make me want to mm-hmm. not be with my daughter. But I was really worried that there would be legal ramifications for that as far as like, okay, this company just covered my maternity leave for three months. I just had health insurance for three months. And now if I say after just a couple months, oh, sorry, I'm I'm really quitting now. Um, mm-hmm. So are there things that women should be thinking of? I mean, I, I really do like the idea of trying so you know what you don't know. And maybe yes. if you're on the fence trying to figure out if you can work that with your partner to get your kids some extra coverage, especially in the U.S. when you are lucky if you get three months. If you're trying to get a six-month coverage, it's nice if each of you um, yes. can take a three-month period. And then that gives you a chance to figure out if if you really would like to go back to work, you know, might just mm-hmm. be jump in and be like, wow, this is just what I needed. It's the perfect balance. <laughs> or you might be like, nope, yeah. you know, like I did. And 16 years later, I'm still <laughs> like, oh, there's no child care. I, I can't go back. <laughs> now but, I need mom care uh, yeah. yes. and someone to take care of me and yes. help me figure out what to do. I know. That's, yes. that's what our podcast is. But yeah, so I'm just really curious. I'm sure, like I said, it's probably different in Canada and the United States, but are there things that future moms should be thinking about around maternity leave that either legally or contractually might be issues for whether they decide to go back or not? Of course. So I I think expecting moms or moms who plan to have a family suit, it's best to keep in mind that you want to be able to let the employer know that you will come. Employers, from an HR standpoint, um, being in HR for over 10 years, I've always had to have that conversation with anybody who's going on maternity leave. You know, are you planning to come back? You want to have that conversation because mm-hmm. that helps the employer plan whether they're going to backfill your role or are they going to, you know, fill it in for a contract or permanent role. But my suggestion to all the women out there is to protect yourself and let the employer know that you're going to come back regardless. So you can, you always have the right to make a decision closer to the return date, whichever right. day you've agreed with the um, like uh, the employer. Um, in Canadian, under the Canadian law, you have a month, so 30 days, you need to, minimum 30 days, you need to let the employer know um, you are returning or not, or other otherwise you lose your position. Mm. Um, so it really depends on various states, like in terms of the legislation there's and uh, what they state, and also looking at the company policy, what they outlined it. Because when you sign your employment contract, you sign a bunch of other policy, you want to be able to review that what you agree to, what you bind to, it's very important because that's going to be able to secure your position uh, when you come back. Yeah. So always letting them know um, that you are going to be returning and then you can make a decision because you may come back sooner because you might be fed up with, you know, being on Matley for so long, four months <laughs> may be really long and you want to return back in two months. Or you may just stay home with your baby a little longer and you may not come back, but always protect yourself and educate yourself with the legislation as well as the current company policy, because those are going to protect you. Yeah. I'm going to take us off, slightly off topic, but I'm so (laughs) curious as an American who did not have this opportunity, if you take that 18 months off, what, what do employers do with your role? Like, are there a lot of temporary gigs available because people come in and fill those spots for 18 months Mm -hmm. or do people in your company just absorb that for you? Like, how does that work? It really depends on the employer. A lot of them just spread it over the the team, depending Mm -hmm. on if they have the capacity to do it. Right. Um, Right. In my situation, um, they were able to build a contract 
So the contract was 18 months and then they eventually, you know, she fulfilled 18 months and that was done. Yeah. And, but it typically it's spread among the team just because for cost saving purposes, unfortunately, all the other team member has to bear your workload. <laughs> um, but, um, but the then it'll case, be their turn someday for, yes, that's if they're in that air in that, you know, they want to have a family or yeah. if they're, yeah. Um, otherwise, um, they'll have an 18 month contract position. That's a really good question, Missy, because, yeah, I mean, it seemed really hard to even cover that three months. I mean, I felt like right. I spent the last six months of my pregnancy, like transitioning yes. my stuff over. <laughs> and well, yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, the American sensibility, like everyone is just, this is the way we've always done it. And there's no possible way to do it. So I'm always curious when I talk to people who are doing things a different way, like, mm-hmm. how does it work? And yes, you've made it work. Like Canada has made this work. <laughs> It's possible. So yeah. I just, like, yeah, my curiosity yeah. knows no bounds about doing things different and better. Oh, but no, so, so since we do have a HR pro, I'm, are there other conversations that expectant women should be having with their HR those mm-hmm. months ahead of going on a maternity leave? Uh, not to t- turn this into a full maternity leave episode, <laughs> but I think this is really interesting. But it, really it is, is really, yeah. it's making me think of all those things. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't review what my contract was. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, think about what the state policy. I was so busy just trying to actually transition my work over yes. and make sure that my clients were taken care of that I didn't even really think about what the ramifications were until I finally gave my notice. And then I started having all of this overwhelming guilt of like, I feel like I should have, you know, I should have told them months ago, even though I wasn't sure months ago. And like, are, are they going to ask me to pay back, you know, all this insurance <laughs> money or like, oh my I, I mean, I, I was really nervous about it. And so, I mean, it sounds like you err on the side of taking care of yourself and making sure yes. that you are protected. Um, mm-hmm. But I think part of that, I mean, is it worth having those open conversations with HR ahead of time? Or do you kind of hold your cards close to the chest as far as like, I don't want you to know that I might be thinking of not coming back or what? Um, I, I, again, I always err in the cautions of protecting yourself because you never know, because uh, even when you come back, what if the HR person leaves? What if your current hiring manager is gone? So the relationship might change with the person who's subbing in for them, but it's, it's nice. Like from an employer's perspective, of course we want to know, we want to be transparent with their employees, but I figured from an employee perspective, you want to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would be, um, be transparent when you're comfortable doing so and starting off with your manager versus HR. Because your manager should be the first one to know because you want to be able to build that trusting relationship with them even when you're off. So they're thinking of you when you're off. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to be forgotten, even if your leave is only four months. For 18 months for us, you can easily be forgotten. Yes. Do you still work here? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So even having, I suggest uh, um, women who are on extended mat leave to have like a couple of phone calls to your managers to be like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I still want to come back in and you can always yeah. change your decision towards your return date. Right. That makes sense. And are you seeing with your clients or just from people, you know, in the HR world, people who are coming back from extended maternity leave or even a short maternity leave, especially after the world of COVID, looking yeah. for more flexibility and getting creative in the roles, you know, it may not be the exact role that they left that they want to come back to. And mm-hmm. are you seeing the willingness for that or just uh, more of a demand <laughs> for it? 
Well, I'm seeing a lot of um, a lot of them having more extended leave or not returning and finding something else um, because pandemic has, has really shown us a lot. Like it really gives us a true color of our current employer. Well, obviously, it's a huge demand for, you know, remote work, especially with the young family, usually bears on the woman, right? On the, the mother, in that case. So typically, I see that a lot of my clients who are looking to transition to a different career, when they're ready to come back in that case, then they're looking for something that's more flexibility that can accommodate a young family, ideally working from home more than in the office. Yeah. So there's that transition yeah, that as women, we, we have to deal with because it's boss on us, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I feel no like choice. women are rewriting the workplace in a lot of ways. Like we yes. were saying, this is what we need to make it work for us. Yeah. We're a huge chunk of the population yes. driving a lot of our economy. Yes, of There's, course. It should work for us. And it kind of is something we did want to talk about a little bit more is if you're thinking of going back to work and you've had a break, whether it's been 16 years or uh, 18 <laughs> months or three months, whatever it is, and you want to start laying that groundwork, like how do you get a running start so that when you're actually putting your resume out there or actually starting a business, mm-hmm. what can you do now? Like Suzanne and I always talk about how we wish we had known or yes. taken the time to figure out years ago how to prepare ourselves for this now moment in our lives. Do you recommend anything special to your clients, books or Of course. I mean, yes. Um, I'm a huge believer, whether you plan to return to work, like you mentioned, a year from now, 15 years from now, however it is, you want to be able to not stay stagnant and keep learning. And it comes down to, even if you don't exactly know when you're going to return, which kind of field, what kind of industry you want to return to, keep your skills sharpened. So if you wanted to, you know, take a bookkeeping course or if you wanted to take some other courses, volunteering is a great opportunity if you can squeeze it into your schedule somehow and right. just kind of <laughs> and, and be able to sharpen those skills. The key is to look for transferable skills. So I have a lot of mom clients who are, you know, returning back to the workforce after a stand-up period and they're like, you know, all I know is how to take care of my kid and and that's a hell of a job. <laughs> you know, keeping that kid yeah. alive, it's a hell of a job, right? We all know yep. that. And that's a lot of skills that we can be able to showcase um, the ability to uh, multitask, be able to do everything else. You know, that is something that we can definitely showcase on your resume, keeping your resume as updated as possible. Otherwise, you can reach out to career consultant, career coaches here um, to help <laughs> revamp your resume. And LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a very powerful source right now, just because it's a digital live resume on, on the net and anybody can quickly search you up and uh, be able to keep that updated. It's also very important. At the same time, keeping yourself and keeping your mind active, you know, attending workshops, seminars, um, reading a lot of books, you mentioned podcasts, anything to keep yourself active and not staying stagnant. It's very important when you are ready to enter the workforce. So you're not coming in blindly from, a, you know, if you were a mat leave in the 1990s and coming back 15 years later, you have an idea what's going on. So it just kind of help you, the future you, even if you don't fully plan to go back, at least gear yourself up so you're, then you're ready. It'll be, transition will be a lot easier. And I love that recommendation for LinkedIn. I just, I resisted LinkedIn for a long time because I wasn't working full-time. I felt sort of like I didn't belong there. Yeah. And I just love that advice to not only keep yourself current on there and talk about the things that you're doing to keep your skills current, 
but it's a great place to, for lack of a better word, stalk other people who are doing interesting things and (laughs) figure out what they know. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's a great way to to the network. There's a lot of moms on there who are all could be in the same boat. And there's a lot of moms who were in the same shoes. So we're able to connect with that. There's a lot of different groups like the mom project, which I'm sure you've heard of. Mm -hmm. And even Facebook, I find there's a great community there. A lot of mom entrepreneurs, stable moms, moms looking to transition back to work. Amazing community there as well. Yeah. And so I'm kind of the nuts and bolts. Like I want to know, I, I need a list of five things that people should do with their LinkedIn right now. <laughs> but, but, but literally like, okay, so I'm, uh, I'm say I'm not me, say I'm someone else. I'm staying home. I've got my kids or, you know, maybe around kindergarten or whatever. I don't know quite what I'm going to be doing, but eventually no, I want to go back to work. What does my LinkedIn look like? What are the kinds of things? I know they have the new stay-at-home mom indicator. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend doing that for people who are staying at home? What level of outreach should you be doing, like sharing other people's stuff? Or is it more just a matter of just keeping your stuff current? Like what kind of level of activity do you recommend people have there? Um, On your LinkedIn, I would recommend, even if you're starting out on a clean slate, I would start with the basic. So basic couple things is have your picture, current picture, um, have your headline done just to, um, so an idea of what, you know, even if you don't hold a current job, just talk about like your skills, your interests, yeah. your passions, in your case, Suzanne, your, your podcast, like things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, what are you doing on a side and things like that? You can outline that. That's really, it's sort of like the professional summary on your resume. So it really stands out when people look up Suzanne, they're like, oh, she's all of this amazing. I want to connect with her. Mm-hmm. And then you put all these hashtags and make it all fancy and all. And a couple of things is I would even mention a couple of positions you've held, um, some passion projects you're working on, volunteer opportunities, education, like all of that. And that way, when you are reaching out to other people in the community, they have a sense of who you are and what you have to offer. There's a lot of groups I mentioned you can join as well. Even again, if you're not even actively looking for a career, but just kind of um, speak to other folks in your community who have similar interests. And yeah, I would say those are pretty the basic of creating a LinkedIn. And there's also a section for um, uh, about me section. It's like an elevator pitch. So that's your time to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, mini cover letter is what I tell my clients. So that's where you put all your your, your stuff, you jazz up and then <laughs> your contact information for people to reach out to you. So it's a great way uh, for people to get to know you a bit more and then connect that way. I think mm-hmm. even as a writer, like I could write your about me section. But I feel like people might need to find someone like Alinda to help <laughs> them write their about me section. I, I know mine's not quite where it needs to be, but I have the hardest time doing an elevator pitch for me. I could do mm-hmm. an elevator pitch for you, but uh, <laughs> it's really hard to do for yourself. So yes, I feel like that's I... a great, like, that's a good use of coaching to say, yeah. let's craft who you yes. are. Yes. It is. And it needs somebody to see it from outside sometimes. Yeah. And I completely agree. Like it's it's easy to do for someone else Mm -hmm. versus doing it for yourself. So have a a close friend, a family to kind of just a second pair of eyes to have a look at it and get their thoughts on it. Yeah. Or would they be interested in speaking to you based on that profile? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest and give you like the the, the, the truth. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, uh Oh, she's going to go look at her LinkedIn now. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's not mine needs to be sharpened up and it's okay I mean 2022 goal (laughs) no we'll get there we'll get there so now for people who are 
maybe looking at revving things up a little bit, you know, maybe the next year or so they want to get back to work. Um, I know that, gosh, was it Carol Fishman Cohn? A few people have recommended Toastmasters yes. and things like that for building up their networks. Um, and then, you know, just also getting more comfortable with public speaking or just getting out of the house is, oh, <laughs> that yes. might be helpful. Um, so it, it, do you have any thoughts on Toastmasters or other organizations like that that could be networking opportunities at, what, at the same time being skill building? Um, yeah, that's a great association to be part of because it really develops, again, that getting over that fear of public speaking because you want to be able to, um, especially if you were to lean towards that area, that's a way to build your skill and get over that fear. Um, mm -hmm. Like when I actually coach my clients, when I'm telling them to start networking, they're like, oh my goodness, oh, it's <laughs> my least favorite word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's just a matter of having conversation with almost complete strangers, but you just get <laughs> yeah. able to find a common ground between them. Mm -hmm. And I find that once you get over that fear and having just a conversation with a regular human on the other side yeah. about a pa something you're really driven, drives you or mm -hmm. something you're really passionate about, then that, that person, if they're receptive and hopefully they are, then, you know, you build that chemistry and then it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting over that hump and just thinking that that person on the other side is just another human being and just wanting to have a conversation with you. And Missy, I think we need to start a revolution about this because we were just talking about this on the episode. Well, it just went live today. Um, oh. Kristen Finan, a friend of mine who runs this group called Caring Hope that does hope packs for kids who are entering the foster care system. And I was in the PTA with her. We had kids at the same school oh. and it wasn't until another event that my friend uh, Erica did through a group called Austin Allies that I realized that Kristen ran this amazing Caring Hope group. Even though I knew her from here, like uh -huh. we, I think we fall victim just always having small talk about our kids, right? You know, and you know, Missy was talking about how it took her a year to figure out that someone that she was always arranging who's going to be in charge of paper plates and forks with at the mm. class party was this like amazing doctor. And yeah. they never, <laughs> it was never... like May before I was like, oh, you're a doctor. I mean, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, and... it's awful. All I knew is she was, you know, so and so's mom. She's yeah. like little Timmy's mom. Like, so, it's crazy. I don't know if that's yes. an Austin phenomenon, but I don't feel like anybody in Austin, which was kind of a blessing when I first moved here because I didn't have to tell anybody. I hated being like, oh, I'm just a mom or I'm a stay-at-home mm, yeah. mom. So mm -hmm. it was almost a blessing, but it's also a curse because I feel like even though I don't want people introducing and leading with what their job is, I love the idea of leading with like, what's a really cool project or what are you excited about yeah. right now mm -hmm. or what's something you're interested in doing instead of just talking about what your kids are doing. Yeah, There's so right. many amazing other moms in the pickup lines and at the class parties. And like, yeah. instead of just leading with this conversation about, oh, what's, what's your kid going to bring for lunch to the field trip? You know, instead be like, hey. Are you working on anything you're really excited for for next year? And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like we need to have a revolution of the standard of small talk we hold ourselves yeah. to in the um, school pickup line. Okay. I don't know. But because yeah. networking doesn't have to be. Yeah. I think it's a mom. I think we're all guilty. This is always talking about our kids that we, you know, don't have the opportunity to talk about ourselves anymore. And then when we start talking about ourselves, it's just, oh, gosh, she's awkward. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's so awkward. <laughs> and yeah, of course, we love to talk about our kids. Like, we're so proud of them. Yes. <laughs> but no, I would love. And I actually had a friend. 
I had a blog way long ago called The Dusty Parachute, and I started that as an offshoot of a conversation I had with a friend, and her kids were about 10 years ahead of mine. So I think it's probably the same way that we look back at you know, people with littles, because now we're ready to talk about what we want to do in life. And she was right. at that point, and she finally, we were at, you know, a little get together and all wine night, and everybody was talking about what their kids were up to and what sports their kids were going to do. And she was just like, stop, tell me, what are you doing? I don't want to hear about your kids. And that was kind yeah, of her rule about wine nights and parties moving forward. She's like, your kids seem nice I and whatever, that. but I am not here to party <laughs> with them. Like, right. I want to. Right. I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, the grown up yeah. person in front of my face. So, yeah, I um, think I think the three of us, we're going to start a new revolution. We're going to. Like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. And then we can learn to talk about ourselves. We, exactly. We're out of practice, Again. like you said. Like, yes. Normalize talking about yourself. It's OK. And, and not necessarily yeah. talking about yourself like, oh, I'm so great. I did this. I right. did this. Yes. And I think maybe it isn't. Maybe that's the thing. It's not talking about like all your accomplishments, because I think that's what you get uncomfortable about is talking yes. about like, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And, no, and people mm -hmm. don't get very excited about that. But like, I'm really interested in learning about stand up paddleboard yeah. or I'm really interested about taking mm -hmm. a class like this. Have you ever taken that class? Have you ever? Yes. Da -da -da? Exactly. And so I think that's yeah. more. This is what lights me up. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. We're going to do a manifesto. No. And then we're going <laughs> to, we need a mission statement. Okay. That's, uh, I, I keep on getting on soapboxes this week, Messy. I, I, I have to, every time we've interviewed anybody, I've been like, and another thing. <laughs> I got to call me. We have a whole love running list. <laughs> we do. We're very motivated on behalf of other people, not ourselves oh, so much. Yeah. But hey. we have a lot of great ideas for what other people should be doing. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Oh, well, yeah. well, so I think we're ready for the look, listen, we learns. Are. And just in case yeah. this is anybody's first visit to the podcast, Welcome. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. And so the Look, Listen, Learns are a time for us to talk a little bit outside of the area of expertise, but just some stuff that you have been on your own free time watching or listening to or looking at or learning about. So we don't usually like to put our guests right under the gun. So we're going to start with Missy today. <laughs> so okay. you can, uh, check it out first. I actually have a look, a listen, and a learn today. What? Show off. Crazy. I know. <laughs> I know it's getting towards the end of the year as we're recording this. We're at the end of 2021. I'm out of look, listen, learns for 2021, <laughs> but I actually have three today, which is amazing. So my first one, I'm getting a visual aid. Is this purse? I got to see Suzanne in person today, which is, oh, that was so you would fun. be shocked at how rare that is. It's so um, rare. So, and we got to have coffee with a couple of our friends and they were all commenting on this bag. So I'm holding it up. It's a super nice. cute bag, and then it has um, interchangeable straps, so you can wear it kind of like a crossbody. The strap is super for people strap. who cannot see it. First of all, it's just the cutest, yeah. most perfect shape, like amazing camel color leather purse. But the yeah. strap is this gorgeous embroidered, almost like a guitar strap. Is it what kind it of looks, looks like. like a guitar strap. Yeah. yeah, and it's like red and blue, and you can change them out. You could change them for every outfit. I do not. This is my strap. <laughs> but, um, but it's I got it from Social Threads, and it's actually um, Mother Chic or Mother Chick. I don't know how you should say it, oh. but she's a fashion influencer, and this is her collaration with Social Threads. So oh. I will link to the actual bag. Um, she has but, and there's a bigger too. version of it as well. And then they sell a couple other bags on Social Threads that can also use these straps. 
So that Super is my, cute. I don't know. Is that my look? I guess that's my look. <laughs> I'm looking um, at it. Now it's yeah, my look. So this week for my listen is I have been going back into the vault and listening to all the Taylor Swift stuff that she just re-released as oh, her own. Yes. You know, she bought oh. back her rights. And I just remember like, there's a reason Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift. Like she's great. <laughs> her songs are so good. Yes. So I've had some time this week where nobody's at home. My husband works from home. And so we're always home together, and but he's face. actually... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and he's, <laughs> he's been busy this week and he's had some things out of the house. So like, I've been cranking up some T-Swift and enjoying myself and like getting my chores done and dancing around the house. It's been so fun. So that's oh my, my listen. Gosh, I love it. And um, my learn is, well, there's nothing I can really link to or point to, but I thought I would share that by the time you're listening to this, it will have been a couple months ago, but I had to get a biopsy, a breast biopsy after my mammogram this year. And so I think we all think about breast health in October, breast cancer awareness mm -hmm. month, but I want to think about it in months that are not October. And I was so thankful through this whole process that I do get my mammograms every year. If for some reason you are 40 or older and your doctor is not ordering them, you need to talk to your doctor and go get them. Because even though I was a little bit terrified, like the reason I had my biopsy was because of something they call an architectural distortion, which sounds really not breast-like at all, but um, <laughs> it's just the tissue had like pulled to a point in a place where it shouldn't have. Apparently a lot of those, a super high percentage of those turn out to be malignant. So I was a little bit afraid, mm. but I knew that I get my mammogram every year. And so if it was something I knew we had found it quickly and early and that comforted me through the whole thing. And I'm very fortunate that it it was not malignant. It was benign. My biopsy results are back and I'm now just healing from a biopsy, but mm -hmm. um, it's just something I wanted to make sure we talk about. I'll probably talk about it again on the podcast. The generations before us, I think it was just sort of like a hush hush thing, but go get your boobs squished, do it every year, <laughs> check them yourself. I didn't feel anything. There was nothing there to feel, yeah. but I mm -hmm. know two women who have been diagnosed in the last couple months, they felt something in teeny tiny things. They felt them and they're getting oh care now and, you know, have long roads ahead of them, but they will also cure themselves of this disease because they found it early. Yes. So that's mine. So when you do feel those teeny tiny bumps are painful, but my friends like, who did, did not, it had no pain. They just felt something okay. that wasn't supposed to be there. I have heard people say that they have painful places. Yeah. Um, I think it's so individualized because I've had yeah. friends who have said it was just a spot that like itched or yes. even the skin just felt rough. It felt like kind of like yes. an orange peel kind of, yep. and you know, our skin starts to feel pretty weird in our fifties, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, so right. even just a texture change, it may just be the fun of aging, but you know, it's, it's worth getting right. checked out. So Anything... I talked a lot to the women while, while I was getting my biopsy, mm -hmm. uh, it was a long process. The kind of biopsy I had was not a simple quick thing. So my hope for you is if you do have to have one, you don't have to have a stereotactic biopsy, not an enjoyable experience, but oh, so we had a ton of time together. And so we were talking and they were saying, it's just vastly different. What people find, what it looks like, how it feels, how they react to it. It's just different for everybody. And that's, they were hammering home, like 
spend some time with your breasts, like look at them, know what they feel like Mm -hmm. and know if anything changes, it very likely could be nothing because our bodies do change so much as we age. Mm -hmm. Um, and weird stuff happens. I mean, Suzanne and I are both pushing (laughs) our fifties and it happens every day. (laughs) So it really could just be some strange thing, but it might not be, it might, it might be something a little more sinister. And the faster you find it, there's medicine and science are incredible now they can do a lot so go take care of it don't be scared it's scary but don't be scared to look and feel and (laughs) go call the doctor yes such a good reminder and we're all so glad that that is how the tests (sighs) yeah results were yes yeah it's a huge relief but i know not everybody gets that relief so just also reach out to your people in your life who may be had a different result from their biopsy because they, they need a hand to hold for sure. It's scary. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're going to make Linda follow that. Sorry, Linda. (laughs) No, no, right. I can't follow it with my salad spinner. So I'm going to make Linda follow it. (laughs) It's time to talk about something fun, right? (laughs) All right. Um, Mine's not as interesting as yours, Missy. Um, But I am just started actually reading a book called you are a badass, how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. Yes. Um, and it's recommended to me by another coach. So have you ladies read it or heard oh, of it? Yes, I do. Yes. And she's yeah, on our a- wish list, our guest wish list. That's Jen Sincero, right? Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm very excited about it. I've only read a couple pages in, but um, was recommended by another coach. And I know another a few people who read it. So yes, that's awesome. If you're gonna have her on your show, I'll definitely oh, tune no. into that one. <laughs> no, she's our she's on our wish she's list. She's like a yeah, wish list. Hopefully we will. And well, hopefully she hears this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we'll tag her on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. Um earning is uh America Sign Language. So I'm actually taking a class in America Sign Language. So it's been very interesting. It's yes. And the reason I wanted to learn it is because my daughter has special needs and I'm trying to learn an American sign language so I can teach to her and she can learn the alphabet in like one session I taught and I'm still, you know, trying to learn just the letters again, but yeah, things like that. Like she's picking up so quickly. So she just keeps me going. Yes. Um, So yeah, it's definitely um, amazing. Oh, that's so cool. My daughter and I did uh, ASL class. We have the Texas School for the Deaf here um, yeah. in in Austin, which is an incredible school. And their lessons are full immersion. So I think they were like, gosh, two hours, I think, once a week. And we would go, and you are not allowed to say a word. Um, oh, wow. And it is, it's a really amazing way to learn it to force you to because i yeah, think to that force you to, yeah yeah because you default to just like either you know if you can't say it you get frustrated and you say it and you you are not allowed to say anything and even to the point where sometimes my daughter and i would get in the car to go home and we like for 20 minutes we still wouldn't talk. it was very interesting That's and it so brought up all kinds of different questions because you know even as we were driving home like i was eating something and i was driving and so it's like how would you talk right now um 
Oh, if you needed to do sign. And I know, you know, you know, we kind of asked the teacher once and they do kind of casual versions of sign where you can get away with it with one hand. And (laughs) um, (laughs) so it's just, it's very interesting, just like anything else, people adapt and they figure out ways, but, but it was just very interesting to think about the little in and outs of how you go about your life and how it can be impacted based on different physical or any kind of needs that you might have. So that's amazing you're doing that. Yes. And um, it's really just, again, like I mentioned, um, it goes back to valuing, like kind of being the present. Because when I take these classes, it's it's pretty important to kind of be in the present and absorb it all and just, Mm. you know, appreciate the culture, the deaf culture. Um, So yeah, it's very interesting and just Amazing. I'm like, I don't know if I can ever learn how to sign that, but it keeps you going. It keeps you going because you're like, okay, I want to at least build a couple of sentences and, you know, have conversation than just like, you know, broken, broken language, I guess I could call it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's I just amazing. think it's as an adult, it's been so long since so many of us have been in a situation where we have to like take a test or right. perform or do a quiz or whatever. And it was very, you know, my daughter and I got pretty competitive there for our final test. <laughs> and Missy, I know you just had, Missy just took her big test for her Master Gardener certification. Oh, it's wow. the same thing. Anything that makes you kind of go into a different area that you know, as a f- almost 50 year old woman, it's been a long time since I had to take a test or, you yeah, know, it's been a long like time that. since I studied like that. Oh, yeah. And it comes out, back you know, to how you. To like, oh yeah. yeah. Make my notes and, re- and it was, it does come right back and it felt really good to do it, which it yes. doesn't always feel good when you're in the midst of like being a full-time student. But yes. um, now as an old lady, I love doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my daughter kicked my butt at the test. So that was not the fun part. <laughs> Just her young, elastic brain. I know her little yeah. young brain. Um, okay. So my look, listen, learns are not quite as meaningful as yours. Both of yours. Okay. I've been meaning to talk about this salad spinner for a while. I guess, is this my learn? I don't know what it is. I look at it a lot because somehow, so even cute. though my daughter is 16 year old and she's has spent like the previous, however many years she's been going to school, making her own lunches, packing her bag, getting whatever and out before I even know it. For some reason this year, her junior year of high school, it started with a couple of texts like, hey, I'm running a little late. Can you start my salad? Or like, oh, hey, oh. I'm so, the, the, can, I, can you start my tea? So now, for some reason, I am like this fully catered lunch program for her <laughs> and it's just become our thing that we meet in she the kitchen your number yeah we meet in the kitchen at 8 30 and she gets her breakfast and we just kind of chat and i make her lunch and so but i bought this thing a few years ago because i got really tired of like I used to wash lettuce and then just kind of like slap it, <laughs> yes. to get it dry it in towels and, stuff. and or, or yeah, I'd waste a, a bunch of paper towels, which mm-hmm. and our, our other towels are just nasty. So this tiny little salad spinner is just it's perfect for one or it's we so can, cute. I can make salads for up to four people in here. It's kind of crammed. I don't know how much it cleans. But then, you know, she has like berries and all kinds of stuff. So I just put it all in here and it's got the little spinner and it gets rid of all the water. Sorry for everybody who's listening to that. <laughs> so um, we will uh, have links to this and a picture of it. Um, in yeah, the show it notes. is so cute for people who can't yeah, see it. Like it's, it's like probably like four cups, five cups maybe. Four. Yeah, it's small. It's really it's cute. Because yeah, I used to have a salad spinner. And like, how? When do I ever need? If this can make enough salad for our family right? of four, like when do you ever need this giant one? So I'm anyway. not sure I have one anymore. 
because yeah. I was always annoyed by it. And it's a big like, bulky thing to keep and clean and then store. Yeah. And yeah, that's no, a good this size. Thing, this thing. Yeah, love, I love, love that one. Love. The lunch, like portion control too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. If only I put cake in there. <laughs> oh, yum. <laughs> That'd be a lot of cake though. Oh, <laughs> yes. Birthday cake. Let's yeah. see. And my look and kind of listen is we're going to Hamilton as a family this weekend. And my son, who is 12, we've gone to a couple of plays, like when we were in New York, but this is the first one that he's going to our season tickets of our Broadway yeah. in Austin. And I, and he's always like, now which one's Hamilton again? And I was like, no, you are not going to be in the middle of Hamilton being like, wait, which one's George Washington? So I said, <laughs> okay, we are going to, because I know from going there, it's kind of a little echoey. It and, is. You know, I know and, I love to see shows there. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of hard to hear the words. So we are forcibly making him watch the Disney version the mm -hmm. recorded Hamilton performance mm -hmm. yeah and we're doing it with subtitles because even when they're doing it there sometimes they're so fast or it's I don't so catch fast. it all so yeah. we're doing it with the subtitles so we can really know who's who and what's what and at the end of every scene he's like clapping so he's super into it and we've been listening to it I, I'm giving my husband a brief break from the Christmas music that I immediately turn on <laughs> as soon as we eat Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so we've been listening to Hamilton just so I feel like that'll get make it a little more interesting when we go see it. Yeah. And he'll be able to, even if he misses a line or, you know, if something's kind of hard to hear, he'll know what's going on. Right. Um, so we've been looking and listening to that. And I've also been listening to... I've run into a real tragedy with my reading in that um, I am an audiobook listener yeah, and I, I had finished the book of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue mm. and then went almost immediately into the book Malibu Rising and it's the same narrator. Oh, and, that's confusing. And it's <laughs> also the same narrator who did the like eight husbands of Evelyn Hugo or whichever. Oh, uh -huh. Um, seven husbands. Seven husbands. I don't know. She had a lot of husbands. <laughs> yeah. All those husbands <laughs> that Evelyn coincidentally, had. Coincidentally, that's the same author of Malibu Rising. I was like, they're because they started talking about Evelyn Hugo in Malibu Rising. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, so all my worlds were crossing, but it's super confusing yeah. because the voice that had been the week before, like Satan, is now just right. some surfer and it's really disturbing me. So now I have to plan my <laughs> reading. Like giving myself a break between narrators? <laughs> I don't know. It's, hey, it's like normally you wouldn't yourself. think about that. Yeah. So now you have a satanic surfer in your head. I have a satanic <laughs> surfer. It was really distracting. I had to kind of get myself through it. But but yeah, so I've been listening to those, kind of listening, and then getting distracted by my listening. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm so behind on all my books. I have been cruising because all I, it was my turn to choose the selection of books for book club and I got so yeah. excited about all five of them that I've been just like You're I think I've been through like three or four of them in the past week and a half so wow. that's the nice thing about audiobooks is you can just like cruise through them like nobody's business but then sometimes you get your narrator who is crossing over your worlds. And yeah, I just crazy. made myself a note, like, don't listen to these back to back. Yeah, don't listen to those back to back. Or she did the Evelyn Hugo. And I feel like there was another one that she was the narrator for. I'm like, yeah, I really, and she's really good. So I can see yeah. why she gets hired for all these gigs. But I'm like, no, right. come on. Yeah, and that's yes. the worst when you get a book that's a good book, but you kind of can't handle the narrator. Oh, yeah. No, that she's she's amazing, but. Yeah, her her man sound is so similar that her man that Satan is very much the man server. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's so funny. Her man sound. Yeah. Is it Satan or is it a server? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so that is what I've been look, listening, learning. Awesome. And yeah. Oh my gosh, Linda, we're so excited to have a chance to chat with you. I'm sorry. We've been having a little bit of audio yeah. difficulties. We want to make sure that people are able to follow up with you, watch your amazing, fun videos on <laughs> TikTok and Instagram. Um, so where is the best place for people to reach out to you or to follow you online? Of course. So you mentioned it. I'm on, of course, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. Um, you can also reach me on um, my website as well. It's www.yournextcareerwithlinda. There's a lots of services that I offer around career coaching. I predominantly do one-on-one career coaching. That's why I started my business, be able to help women who are feeling stuck and want to be able to get out of whatever they're dealing with now and transitioning back into workforce. is also an area I'm going to help, but I'm continuing to help women with. Wonderful. Two of our favorite things. Yes. <laughs> getting love unstuck women and women. getting back into the workforce. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, we're so glad we finally got a chance to meet yes. you. Encourage everybody to go check out your website, follow your videos, mm -hmm. and uh, learn more about you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you both for having me. It's been a pleasure, and I've had lots of fun. Like This okay. is one of the most fun podcasts I've ever been, so thank you for that. Yay! <laughs> hey, good. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Both. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.